Welcome to the Lay of the Land podcast with Dane Kennedy. I feel like I'm talking to myself over here. Stel Panayides. You, is your watch the Strava? <laughs> and Steve O'Callaghan. Can I make some valid points here? All right, this is what happened. Hey, hey, welcome to the Lay of the Land episode 19. Um, uh, that ties in nicely to COVID-19 and <laughs> COVID-19 has had a lot of impacts on our life so far, none more so than this week, entering into stage four lockdown on Sunday evening with about five hours notice. Um, so that's going to lead us into the the podcast. How are you going, Steve? Yeah, not too bad. I uh, had, a, had, a, had a rough night last night, been a bit uh, a bit ill, no no COVID symptoms, but uh, yeah, had some had some vomiting and, and a few things, but uh, yeah, I'm pushing through and, and, and feeling much better this afternoon. Did you feel it coming on from yesterday or just a bit of a surprise? No, it was definitely a surprise. Uh, 2am, just woke up, a bit of gurgling in the tummy and I thought, that doesn't feel good. I thought I'd put my head back down to sleep and then... As soon as I did that, I said, nut, nah, here it comes, and jumped out, out of bed and ran to the toilet bowl. You did mention uh, prior to the podcast that you had had three coffees and a Coke yesterday. Do you think that contributed? Yeah. I don't think it helped, to be honest. Um, but it made me realize when I woke up that morning, I was this morning I felt terrible that I was thinking, you take for granted feeling good. Like oh, most of the time I am feeling good, I'm feeling healthy. And then whenever I get sick, I just think, oh, I just... When I'm feeling good, I want to embrace feeling good. Like, because when you feel crap, it's a horrible feeling. That reminds me of a time, I'm pretty sure it was last year. It could have been the year before. You know, the years are flying by. Uh, you had quite uh, severe gastro and you yeah. were out. You were out. Um, I'm pretty sure we were out one night somewhere and you just looked like death warmed up. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember you making that comment about valuing and appreciating when you do feel at full health and just yep. making the most of it but we do take that for granted now how are you going Stel, on this I'm friday evening well. i'm going well can i just say dane you sound very crisp tonight is there any reason for that well uh our good friend over here steve <laughs> kindly bought myself and you a housewarming gift this week um, an Audio-Technica USB microphone. Now, we'd like to say that Steve did it out of the goodness of his heart. However, Stel, you and I spoke during the week, and we, we do believe it is in response to the poor sound quality that we rocked up to the podcast with last week using our AirPods. Steve had enough. If you did listen to episode 18, it did sound like we were recording from a basement in Kazakhstan. <laughs> now, that's great. So, I mean... You and I will have to just continue to catch up and talk about things we can jeopardize and maybe get some free presents out of Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you very much, Steve. It was a nice surprise. Um, I got a message from my dad. Well, I was speaking to him on the phone during the week and he, he mentioned, oh, there's a few packages at home. And I was, I was expecting a couple. I was expecting a TV cabinet and I was expecting my NBN modem. And then he said, did you buy something from a music shop? Uh, did you buy a microphone? And then he goes, he must have seen the, the envelope that was taped to the front had your name on it, Steve. Yep. But it had my uh, my parents' address. And he said, oh, I might have put my foot in something there and ruined a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I didn't know how to... I sent it to both to your parents' houses because you guys are between moving and 
yeah, not sure of your exact addresses quite yet, but uh, um, yeah, sent to both your parents. So glad it got there. And it's good because now that the sound quality sounds better, we don't have to worry so much about the content coming out of our mouth. So <laughs> we can just fall back on the on the sound quality. That's it. It's going to sound great. These microphones filter the quality, like the the quality of the conversation, don't they? If you say something average, it just raises it up a up a standard. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Makes everything sound better. <laughs> no, we're very fortunate to have a friend like you, Steve. We we both appreciate it. Now. You boys have still got your jobs. I know you didn't go to work today, Steve, but you guys are pretty much working full-time. Um, Steve, you're working from home at the moment? Yeah, working from home, yep. And Stel, you, your work schedule has changed a bit. Do you want to give us a bit of an insight into the new roster that you're going along with um, as of this week? Yeah, so since the stage four lockdowns, schools have moved to predominantly remote. Um, Because I work in special education, we're doing a combination. So we had a pupil-free day on Tuesday to try and get our life sorted. And it looks like I'm going to be doing a combination of remote and on-site learning. So bit of a change, bit of a change. had my first day of remote teaching today from home. So that was an adjustment. But... um, how about yourself, Dane? Uh, well, as as you know, I'm in between jobs and I've kind of got a couple of casual jobs on the, on the go at the moment. Uh, I am currently working as a mental health support worker. Fortunately, that work is considered essential um, cause, because we're working with vulnerable people in society. So I'm fortunate that I, that I have that opportunity. However, um, during the week, I received a, a message and an email saying that we had to print off a a work permit and then fill out a log just in case we do get pulled over outside that five kilometer radius is that work that you're going to continue to do face-to-face Dane, or is there a capacity to do that remotely in some way as well the option for remotely working has been put out there uh, it is an option if the client doesn't feel comfortable meeting in person however i'm fortunate that my clients both want to meet in person and they both get value out of that. So there's there can be a mix and I'm sure there are some employees out there that are working over Zoom calls or just over the phone, just checking in. Yeah. Um, Steve, you've obviously been remote for a while now or longer than Dane and I. I know this isn't on the running sheet, but do you have maybe one or two top tips heading into remote work that you could suggest for us? Yeah, yeah, I do. The The fridge is your friend. Um, <laughs> you know, if you, if you ever get bored, just go open the fridge again just to see if there's anything else has changed in the last, you know, half an hour. I've um, found myself doing it. Yeah, just, you just, just go and check just to make sure. Um, and But a serious tip, there's a, I've got an app on my phone called Focus and it gives you... 20 minutes to sort of focus on something that you need to work on and then you get a five minute break. So yeah, it's just a cool little app that I've been trying to use because at usually when you're at the office, you're sort of, or everyone's sort of working their own, you know, projects and everyone's sort of in the zone. But sometimes at home when you're by yourself, you're listening to the radio or whatever, but you just need a bit more focus and yeah, it's a cool little app. So I highly recommend. One more follow-up question, just in a word, yes or no, have you been more productive during this period? Uh, yes. Oh, that's great. Interesting. Do you find that is because you don't have travel time or because are you spending more 
time working because you don't have that limit of arriving at work and leaving at work. Yeah, probably a couple of them and also maybe less interruptions of probably some phone calls and some people coming into the office and, you know, interactions with people at office, you know, we've got Slack, and, you know, we just have one meeting sort of per week where we can sort of figure out what we're doing for that week. So I think less interruptions has been really helpful for me so I can get stuck into the work that I need to do. I know we were talking earlier in the week about how your job, Steve, is pretty pandemic friendly. You're able yeah. to, to take it uh, off site. You can, you can hot desk with your line of work. Obviously, it's important to have that personal touch as well when you're working with clients, but I think your job ranks pretty highly amongst the best to have during a, a global pandemic. Do you boys have any other thoughts about what might be some other ones? Well, just on that on that note, uh, Steve, you mentioned that you're getting a lot of uh, business because people are using this opportunity to build their websites and maybe branch out and start their own online businesses. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> well, while other people are losing work, you seem to be gaining work. Yeah, and I mean, we have we've got a client that um, that does hand sanitizer, and I mean, <laughs> like their work must have just been crazy increased during this time so you know depending on the pandemic um yeah hand sanitizer is definitely a good one to be in right now (laughs) and our good friend david toscano who's a friend of the show he is pretty business savvy type guy and he made a, a comment to me as well that if you're in the clothing industry and you're able to to pivot your line of work to making things like face masks yeah that you'd be you'd be making a killing right now yeah yeah Um, another industry that has boomed in this time has been, uh, cycles, road bikes and, and, uh, mountain bikes and, you know, just your, your, um, BMX bikes and that sold out. I was talking to someone today, they were trying to get their hands in a bike, couldn't get a bike. That's crazy. You know, so there are some businesses that are booming at the moment. Um, what are some other industries that you'd want to be in at this time that are pretty solid and safe? I think, um... I think my, my parents' jobs, uh, mum works as a, a case manager um, for, for an aged care company and, and dad works for uh, the department and they're both very much um, on their computers throughout the day, so very much able to take their jobs off-site and do exactly the same job um, that they were able to do going into the office. I think there's some jobs that that having that personal touch is more important, but they've been able to transition to remote working quite easily. So I think, yeah, those types of computer-based IT jobs, yeah. Yeah, and I think anything with that you can remotely work is going to be a lot helpful. I mean, if you think back to maybe like a Spanish flu or, a, you know, the Great Depression when people, not that that was related to a pandemic, but a Spanish flu would be like, you know, you can't just work from home with those sort of jobs if you had an admin job or a you know not they had computers back then either but like you know an admin job where you have to go to a place and work you, you couldn't do that you know back in the 90, early 1900s now that you can um there's there are a lot of jobs that are a bit more pandemic friendly i wonder if economically that'll put us in a better place because like you said there was probably so many industries that had to completely stop during a lot of those previous pandemics whereas now there's a lot of industries that can just keep working to some degree Mm -hmm. 
I think so in er- earlier generations, people were more self-sufficient. So they weren't so dependent on um, outside, I suppose, influences um, providing them with their needs. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes you think, are we too dependent on other people, uh, industries, maybe other countries? You know, I've, I've been checking in at Kmart recently because setting up an apartment and heavily understocked and stuff hasn't been in stock for months. Now, a lot of that the, the stock from Kmart comes from China. Yeah. Makes us think, are we too reliant on other countries for, for our needs? Mm. Well, that might, that might change. That might change after getting through this. In the other sense of the word, what would be a really bad job to have in a global pandemic? Well, just noticing in the last week with retail closing, because when the initial stage three restrictions came in in March, I was surprised that retail didn't shut because we were being advised, don't go out and and socialize and be in public places. However, retail shops are open. So it gave people an excuse to go out. Mm. Now they've closed down and the roads are a lot quieter. I've walked past a lot of um, shops in my area, Mitcham, uh, the golf shop, the bathroom shop, uh, the, even the $2 shop, all yeah. boarded up uh, with the signs out the front saying um, closed for the next six weeks. And that was kind of eerie seeing all that. And it just made me think about all those people working in retail. Uh, a lot of those businesses can operate online, but what about the staff working in the brick and mortar buildings? Yeah. 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 And on that, probably the hospitality industry as well. There's- yeah. Um, if you relied, uh, if your income relied on working in the evenings behind a bar or serving food, then there's there's no work that you would have been able to have in Melbourne during this stage four period, is there? No. Another yeah. one would probably be anything anything to do with sort of travelling or tour- tourism. Mm. Like, I mean. It's, it's been a nightmare for we've, we've got a couple of friends that are sort of work for airlines and just i mean yeah they'll probably get looked after and everything but yeah just just a nightmare to think of trying to be in that position yeah those i know they've um reallocated a lot of the people that work for those in those industries in the covid tracking uh jobs um, yeah i know you know so they have been looked after and also Qantas staff members were employed by Coles, which was great. So yep. the government is out there looking out for people as much as possible. Although at times it doesn't, it may not come across like that. Uh, yeah, this is it's a hard period for everyone. People are going yep. to take a hit. I was speaking to my parents who were up in Cairns, and they were saying how quiet it is up there with like the the trips out to the Barrier Reef and everything because they they're so reliant on international travelers and you know tourists from melbourne or from other parts of australia um they'd just be so quiet at this time that makes me think about bali as well because bali is so dependent on australian tourism yeah now would probably be the best time to be in bali because you it'd be peaceful it'd be like it was 20 30 years ago Uh, but at the same time they're going to suffer because they're so reliant on that tourism for their income yeah. So there's there's advantages and disadvantages. It's going to be really interesting to see how yeah, how things start shifting if they start going back to normal as things ease up or if 
lots of countries are just going to have to change their approach to how they generate money in their economy. Yeah. And another job which um, you'd be getting plenty of work at the moment, however, you may not want to be getting that work, is to be, you know, in the healthcare industry, you know, working as a nurse or a policeman mm-hmm. or even the military in the front lines, being exposed and having the risk of being exposed to people with COVID, um, it's a big ask for you to, to go in to work every day. And, you know, people will be working, but then coming home and isolating because they don't want to risk their loved ones and friends becoming infected. Yeah. Um, Dan, you were mentioning that you were reading the paper this week and our friend Danny was uh, was in the paper uh, for an article on upskilling. Do you want to do you remember what uh, yeah what that was all about? Yeah, well, I've got the article in front of me here. So, oh, great. <laughs> um, I received a message from mum during the week and she goes, oh, your friend Danny's in the paper. Uh, so I managed to, to find a copy and had a bit of a read. And basically, um, she's lost work during this time. So the article is about her upskilling and learning uh, a data analysis. Uh, I'm pretty sure the is the... Um, area of study that she's undertaking. So right. just really trying to upskill herself. Um, it gives a few other examples of other people upskilling and it, and it says it's a great time. And, and it, this is a great time to upskill and maybe you have been questioning your career. Maybe you're not happy and this and this whole COVID period has, has made you really reflect on life and given you the time and space to realize that ooh, you want something else out of your work um, work life. So yeah. perfect opportunity to learn some new skills and develop um, yourself for a new career. Steve, I know this is something that you've sort of been pivoting um, in your life as well. You're moving towards getting more into the painting industry. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll leave that one to the professional painters. Uh, I'll be done by with my painting in, within a few weeks and that will be a delight to be done with that. <laughs> I, yeah. On a serious note, has there been something that you boys during this period feel like you have upskilled in or something that you'd like to use particularly the next five weeks? I think we've still got left in in this stage four to try and um, build your capacity in a different area. Yeah, I mean, there's so many online courses now that are around, especially around digital things. Um, There's probably, they're the ones I sort of look into the most. Um, But yeah, the great thing is you don't have to be, I guess, you don't have to go and do a degree at a university anymore. You, there's so many great online courses mm-hmm. either through those universities or, you know, just separate separate courses through, I know that like Google and um, Amazon have lots of internal courses where you learn their skills and then, you know, get a job either at that business or through their partners. So, I mean, there's so many opportunities out there um, yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah, for me, probably something around the digital sort of side, um, staying in the same industry, but maybe pivoting a little bit. Yeah, you don't need necessarily a piece of paper or a, um, a degree, like you were saying, to, to, to move into some of these other areas. And would you say that part of the reason that you've been, uh, I noticed, we mentioned it last week, you've been taking a bit more photos and things like that and, and sharing that, is that got anything to do with trying to tap into your creative juices? Uh, probably not in terms of, that's more, so I, I quite, quite like just do that just for fun. Um, and I do like, I, I do enjoy like uh, creative videos and stuff for fun. So, I mean, I'd love to make a, 
a job of it down the you know at at some stage um but at the moment it's more it's it's more for fun um but yeah i mean if there was an opportunity to do that as a job then you know that would be a dream and i know that there's there's always opportunities to you know put your passions into into jobs um so potentially down the track but yeah i i do like the industry that i'm in because i know that it's going to be yeah moving forward pretty quickly I see um, with Carlton becoming a more dominant football site, there might be some roles for you at the club to try and yeah. put together some montages and uh, and packages for them. Um, what about you, Danos? Has there been anything during this time that you've tried to build your, your skill set in or anything that you envision yourself trying to do that in? Well, prior to the whole COVID thing, I had um, started to undertake a coaching uh, training course which was in person, but a lot of online stuff. So I've, I've spent time focusing on that. Uh, also running a, an eight-week program, which you boys are a part of. Um, yeah, that's so great. I'm, I'm looking at really building that in this time, especially over the next six weeks, um, now that I've got my own space. So working on my coaching and also working on my own mental health. Um, I want to spend less time on social media with my phone in my hand and more mm-hmm. time just being okay doing nothing uh, yep. so it's a perfect opportunity to find a bit of stillness so i suppose it's just gaining gaining that that clarity um and really taking time to go inward that's for me that's something i really want to focus on in the coming weeks no definitely and that eight-week course was was it was a beauty and i think you have were just really good at picking that up because that's something that you started this year and it's just another string to your bow that you can take into all different types of types of work, I think, Dane. So, yeah. In, yeah. How about yourself, Stel? Um, there was talk of you starting your own running shoe YouTube <laughs> <laughs> uh, page. Oh, uh, any more developments in that? Oh, it's, it's something I dabble in every day. Just, um, I... It, I find it interesting to just uh, keep up to date in, um, you know, what's going on in the running world and in the shoe world. It's just a hobby of mine. But um, I was thinking for a stage there, maybe to get into some sort of uh, flat pack industry, given all the, <laughs> the furniture I've been putting together lately. But uh, that might be a joint venture that we can do, Danos. Flat pack you, hacks. <laughs> you guys, you could so you could uh, become do one of the air taskers and just go around to people's houses and uh, yeah, just flat pack people people's furniture. That would be uh, that'd be a nightmare. Well, I'm <laughs> gonna be totally honest with with you guys and our listeners. Um, I like the idea of of being really hands on, and I, I I want to be more hands on. But I tell you, my 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 ten fingers are on two hands that are, are quite delicate and even after just putting together a few a few flat packs i found myself i was like oh geez my hands are feeling a bit stiff from all the that screwdriver <laughs> no that's great you've you've uh probably put put together uh, copious amounts of drawers and cabinets and beds over the last few weeks um i went to kmart two days ago uh, there was this uh, hallway drawer unit that I've been looking at and they hadn't had any in stock and they still didn't have any in stock, but they had one on display. And I know they don't sell the display uh, items. However, I asked, knowing that they were closing the next day for six weeks. Fortunately, I was able to purchase the the display <laughs> yeah, unit. That's awesome. And the, the lady working said that they pay a guy to come in and build the display ones. 
So there right. is there is work in that. There is work in building flat packs. Um, <laughs> it's uh, they were talking about it on the TV this morning while I was lying in bed doing nothing, trying to recover. And they were saying <laughs> that like the the gig economy they call it, which is like you know just doing jobs. Um, I think it's like like almost like that. You got it's the air taskers, it's the it's the gum tree. You know, here I can help you out. I can be the handyman. I can do these things for you. Mm. That's that's such a big industry at the moment. You know, food deliveries. Um, you know, things like that. It, it's it's changed completely. Do you think that is because people are getting lazier, or do you think it's people have got less time to be able to do it? I reckon I reckon people value their time more. I think people value their time more. Like we, we'll probably do our kitchen, uh, paint out like our kitchen cabinets and stuff. But I'm gonna get someone in to do it because that would take weeks and months to do it, to do every cabinet, to do all the things. I, I could pay someone five hundred bucks, a thousand dollars to do it, and I've got my weekends back for a couple of months. Like it's it's a no brainer for me. Mm. So you you put a you put a, a number on your on your time. Yeah. I think and that's what most people, yeah, yeah. I think most for most people it is. Um, he puts a number on his time. However, he doesn't put a number on his weather. Uh, can we check in for a subjective weather oh, update, Steve? Looking forward to this one. To be honest, I didn't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get fresh air. So, uh, can can you guys enlighten me to of what, how it was out there today? Well, there wasn't much light today. It was very uh, overcast. So let's uh, let's put the word ominous to oh, the weather today it was always like threatening to rain it never quite rained um, yes that's but- it, very well put I, I even popped out for a run earlier today and i thought oh it's it, it's gonna rain but never did very <laughs> very th- ominous and threatening well done dane Stell, what was your what was your first job my first job paid yes well yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that's what a job is. <laughs> Not volunteering. My first job was at, at the local Coles supermarket. I worked at, at Coles Bulleen. Yep. I started off as one of the as one of the grocery boys. Yeah, very fond memories. What about you guys? I've got mine's kind of split between two because I did work as my first paid gig was refereeing basketball. Oh, well, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, however, then. I suppose my first more consistent work was working at this, I suppose it was a cafe in Mitcham, right near where I'm living at the moment, (laughs) and they just opened. It was called Roasted Plus. Now, the idea behind this cafe was they would just serve roast meals. So they'd have their roast beef, pork, chicken, lamb. You'd choose your meat, then you'd go and choose your veggies and and then your, your sauces, your gravies. Needless to say, it didn't take off. Uh, <laughs> they last. What was your role there? I was just serving. I was just serving oh, okay. the food. That lasted about a month, and then they got bought out. <laughs> Fortunately, I was uh, then employed by the the next owners who ran a cafe. There. Did, did the maybe one of the reasons they went bust was did they use the baccarat, Dane? <laughs> they did not use the baccarat. What's the what's the baccarat? Burke <laughs> baccarat. What? You've confused me. What are you talking about? Okay, What's so an inside joke. This I uh, might link in. We weren't gonna do a segment, but this might link into a do yourself a favor segment. <laughs> okay, well let's let's do yourself a favor. So, roasting vegetables is one of the 
one of the best ways to cook your meals. However, you need the right um, tools to roast your yeah. vegetables properly. You know the other night how I told you I was roasting vegetables with no gar- no garnishes. I had no salt, no pepper, no oil. However, I had my Baccarat roasting oven tray. Um, right. Roast the vegetables to perfection. Um, doesn't stick. And yeah, you've, it leaves you with uh, crispy on the outside, soft in the inside, roast vegetables. So do yourself a favor, head down to your local house or house <laughs> online at the moment and get yourself a Baccarat granite oven tray. Nice. That sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, but was it last night? I think it was last night. The bridge, she bought this Tupperware thing, which is like great, great, like, you know, your vegetables or whatever. But these, she actually did it to potatoes. So oh, then yeah. they came out like sort of, they were quite Cute. large. No, like like thick, like um, chips from Macca's, Ooh. and then she put them in the in the oven to roast them, and they obviously shrunk a little bit, um, but they were so good. They were they were the best things ever. So not um, too I, much shrinkage. No, no, not too much shrinkage. Like what happens to you at the uh, at the beach? <laughs> 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 but. Yeah, look, nah, great. So great little uh, Tupperware. I don't know what I have to find out. I have to find out what the actual uh, the, the the Tupperware was. But yeah, great little tool. How about yourself, tool. Sal? Have you got to do yourself a favour for episode nineteen? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have one. That's two weeks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Get really, in order really stuff. struggling. He's bringing nothing to the table. <laughs> um, anyway, St- Steve, what was your first job? Um, I did filing. For my dad's business, uh, he's got a lot of files with he, he does um, <laughs> telecommunication designs and had lots of filing to do. And uh, that was a little little thing I used to do on Saturday Saturdays and uh, go up to the office at Jackson Court in Doncaster. And That's um, right. yeah, just uh, just file away the Saturday. And um, I actually didn't mind doing that because I liked computers and I liked being organized. So it was, yeah, it was an enjoyable little little task for me in my high school years. Do you boys remember how much you got paid per hour in your first job? I think it was around the fifteen dollar mark. Ooh, not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? I was on uh, ten dollars an hour on a Saturday. I'd work Ooh. five hours and and walk home with fifty bucks in my pocket. And I was <laughs> quite chuffed. That's that's now, minimum wage there, Dave. Now I wouldn't. <laughs> now I wouldn't leave the house for fifty bucks an hour. <laughs> um. At Coles, I remember when I was working there, it was a stage of my life. I was, I think I was about 17. I worked there for quite a few years and I was immune to things like workplace politics back then. It was a very, very laid back type culture. A lot of the the other grocery staff and service staff who worked there, the same age bracket as me. But um, as I've gotten older, I think something I've noticed is is that workplace politics element mm. to to jobs? Um, is that something that you guys are familiar with? And what's your take on that? Uh, working in a primary school, there's a lot of politics, as you're well aware of, Stel. Um, I like to stay out of it, to be honest. Um, if you get sucked into it, it just it causes more stress than it's worth. So uh, I stay out of it until it, it directly affects me. Um, that's just my. There's, for me, there's no point getting into it. So, Dane, if it if it comes to you, do you have any strategies for getting out of it, or is is it as simple as just walking away? I think sometimes uh, in in a school setting, there's a lot of demands put on you, and 
um, the more senior teachers can feel that they can take advantage um, of the the graduate teachers, and I've seen that happen. Yes. And I got some great advice on the first day that I started at teaching at, at the school I was at by a teacher who's actually leaving, and he said, "You don't have to do everything they ask you to do. You know, right. so you can say no." So I took that advice and I I put it into into play, and I'm so glad I did because I watched graduate teachers after me who were just overwhelmed with the amount of stuff they had to do because they kept saying yes they felt they had to say yes too much of a yes man so. yeah no what about yourself steve you got any um tips for for managing workplace politics or particularly when it starts to get toxic mm, yeah i mean as dane said you know avoiding it at all costs is <laughs> is important because you know you, you want to go home after a day and feel like you've done your job and you, there's no point getting involved in drama because it doesn't help your employees. Like, it doesn't help your the business you're working for. And it doesn't help you. It doesn't help anyone else. So, I mean, there's always people that are going to, you know, want to gossip or, you know, chat about certain things. But at the end of the day, it, it's a job. You go to get there to get paid, do your job, go home. <laughs> and, and one thing which I've noticed in YouTube Boys and... In myself as well, we don't like confrontation. We, mm. you know, we don't see the point in it, so we we do try to avoid it. However, sometimes that could be at our own detriment. Yeah, Stel, do you have you had any situations or have you got any tips for for that? Um, I think having venting is sometimes good, but not necessarily doing it within the workplace. Maybe venting to a friend you trust or a family member, doing it outside of the workplace sort of helps to extinguish it in the workplace but then gives you a chance to talk about it with people that it's not necessarily going to go any further Mm. yeah that's that's a great tip Stel, because that's not complaining but if you keep that inside you it's just going to wear you out so i know you've spoken to me and you've spoken to steve a number of times about the things that go on at your work um but yeah especially in a in a high stress environment like you're working you need to tell you need to tell people you need to get it off your chest so that you can go into work the next day and and function to the best of your ability yeah another strategy um, that can be useful and this might not even just be um, for workplace politics or being in a toxic uh, situation it can be just to physically remove yourself because I know some people chase that that gossip type mm. um, conversation and even just something as simple as saying, oh, I've just got to duck out to the bathroom and physically removing yourself from it. It might feel a bit silly at the time, but it, I think it gives you a bit of a circuit breaker um, when you don't have the right words to, to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great yeah. call. I mean, I've, had, I've been lucky enough to work in places that haven't had too much. Um, and the place I work at at the moment is, is, is doesn't have any, which is great. But yeah, places I have worked previously, there has been a bit of that. And sometimes, yeah, if I hear something like that, I'll just, you'll just walk off to the bathroom or go grab a cup of tea or whatever. If you hear it happen in the background and it's almost like you're not burying your head in the sand. I think you're, it's more about, it's more about, yeah, as you said, still removing yourself from it and 
if someone says, oh, did you hear anything about it? You just say, no, I didn't, because you didn't actually hear it. (laughs) Guys, I'm just going to duck off to the bathroom now. um, I don't want you guys to think that if I'm ever leaving a situation to go to the bathroom now that I'm leaving a toxic conversation. (laughs) Now, I was just going to, this has popped into my mind um, on that note about workplace politics. Have either of you been fired from a job? I'll pass this off. Or stood down or let go. I haven't been fired, but I have been <laughs> ghosted. <laughs> I was I I was ghosted you, before it was cool. It was strongly suggested that you didn't come Monday. <laughs> well, I was I was at a I was at a surf shop and and um and yeah, I was sort of getting shifts here and there over summer while we, while it was nice and busy, and then come you know. Uh, What's the what's the month that comes after summer? <laughs> the month or the season? Autumn season. There's no month. Yeah, yeah, the season. Uh, come <laughs> Does autumn. It, doesn't remember anything past <laughs> February first. Steve, how long has it been since you left the house? <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, come autumn, you know, there was a bit. It was a, work was a bit quiet. Um, just didn't never receive a call back. <laughs> I I've got a similar experience to you, Steve, in that I think I was ghosted as well. Yeah, I was working at the Yarra Valley Country Club, and I'd worked there for seven years. Um, oh, yeah. And I've been I was ghosted by them too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that once you got to a certain amount of hours that you'd uh, accumulated, they just let you go. Uh, I, for some reason, they'd done rosters six weeks in advance, which they never did. So I got rostered <laughs> on over the summer period, where you both know I go camping down to Kennet River for a few weeks. Yeah. So I obviously had a dilemma. Had some shifts that I was meant to work, had to be down the beach camping. So I arranged with another employee to cover my shifts and he was more than happy. He wasn't going away and wanted the work. So I messaged the the manager and uh, he just wasn't happy with that and uh, never got rostered on again. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was my, the end of my seven years there. Uh, have you have you ever been done still? Oh, yeah, like I said, I, I was actually very, very similar situation to Dane, but I had given them seven years of work, uh, much, much less. <laughs> I don't even um, think it was a year, but I was I was ghosted by by that um, hospitality company as well. Yeah, however, don't come Monday, <laughs> you did you did uh, get to meet your one of your idols. Oh, that's true. At your time working there, I remember one night receiving Elvis a, Presley a photo a photo <laughs> message of you standing next to none other than C Judd number five for the Carlton Blues. Yeah, trying to give uh, us a bit of I'm, an insight into into that night. What happened? How did you approach uh, the great man? I think I think it's probably one of the most starstruck moments I've had personally. I was working the bar at a function at the country club, and there was a dress up party going on as there frequently was and one of the gentlemen was just as Elvis Presley and it turned out to be none other than than Chris Jard <laughs> being a massive Carlton fan he had just recently been traded to the club and uh yeah I, I just said to the other person I was working with look I'm just going to duck out and grab my phone from the car so I can get a photo I, I know they say you shouldn't bother people when they're out socially particularly celebrities but i thought oh, i'll regret this one if i don't get the photo oh yeah that's, that's it that's one for the for the grandchildren down the road yeah, oh, three votes when you boys were younger up and coming young superstars you know going through the primary school ranks what 
did you dream of being when you grew up? Stay with my go to you. What what was your dream job or dream dream career? What did you want to be when you were a youngster? Oh, geez, I think um, I would have loved to have been a, a sports star. Mm. It would have been mm-hmm. that would have been awesome to to play footy for Carlton Football Club or maybe go to the Olympics or something like that. That was definitely one of my aspirations. Yeah. If I went, if I thought back to even younger, it was probably to be Superman. <laughs> when did yeah. that? When did that? When did that dream end? Still, when, did, did you have like a? It hasn't ended, Steve. He's still, <laughs> oh, he's still hoping. Oh still. crap! I've let, the, on... I've let it out of the bag. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it, it ended right now. When you, <laughs> when you burst the balloon. <laughs> what did you guys want to be when you were younger? I always wanted to be before before someone killed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to be an architect, um, like George Costanza. Very... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. Um, I don't know. I just loved, you know, viscom and drawing, and you know, I don't know, well, just what, something to be spent, about plans and maths spent, and yeah, drawing. Well, Steve, that's that's still a career that you could enter into. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no reason why you couldn't become an architect. We're just talking about upskilling. Um, you probably would have to do a degree for that as opposed yeah. to just an, an online course, but there's definitely a potential for that. I was thinking there might be one reason you might not get into the industry if that guy from your graphics class that used to sit on the... <laughs> on, if he's, if, if he's uh, regulating the, the entries into the, into the industry and he, he just he, chucked no, him under the bus... And no, the no, the no not at all. He... We we got along well, and he told me it in, in confidence. Op- I didn't tell anyone operational else. Operational procedures. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone else. It was confident between between us two. Stain, is there anything you? What what did you want to be when you were when you were young? Yeah, I I'm, I'm kind of on the same in the same vein as uh, Stell. There, I wanted to be a, a Richmond football player. Um, yeah, that was my dream. Just growing up, loved loved playing footy. Still love footy. So that was my dream, uh, but going through um, development squads at Eastern Rangers, got told in you know no uncertain terms that you're too short, mate, to play AFL. <laughs> um, which at that point, the AFL were really looking at ath- athletes as opposed to football players. They they choose those tall, six foot, six foot five Sean players Hansen. that they could turn into a football player rather than getting a football player and turning them into an AFL player. Um, However, you know, fortunately now there are some shorter players coming through the ranks. We've got Caleb Daniel. uh, There's Daniels from GWS, um, which is great to see the shorter guys getting a go and really, really giving it a red hot crack. Yeah. Dane, I know you've name dropped the Eastern Rangers for our listeners already and you were in the squad. I know you were a bit of a gun and something that I guess as an outsider looking in that I noticed with all the guys at high school, the cool kids who used to make it to TAC Cup level was they used to, they would always stop using whatever regular sport bag they were using and what would start <laughs> to feature was the over-the-shoulder TAC Cup Oakley Chargers Eastern Rangers bag. Were you one of those blokes? Uh, I don't think I ever did rock one to school. Uh, I was more of a fan of the old backpack uh, just for those support support reasons. Um, <laughs> I know we saw a big, uh, big OC. Paul O.C., he was in Northern Knights. Uh, Northern Knights. He, he would have rocked that. He would have strutted around the halls at Doncaster Secondary College. I've got, I've got a confession to make that uh, 
uh, <laughs> in um in year, year 10 i think still knows this story that uh paul had an old bag that he had from northern knights so i decided <laughs> to bring that to school oh no and still goes still looks at me goes northern knights and i was like and I was like, yeah, got a gig. But I told him that I had a gig and all this stuff. I hadn't, you know, so then the, the following that Stel was, you know, asking questions to people. And then I had to say, nah, look, I just, just grabbed this bag. But uh, yeah, it was always a dream of me to play, to, to play TSC Cup. But uh, obviously didn't get that far. My brother got, got there and yeah, under, under 18s. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, they're not, not even playing the TSC Cup this year with all everything no. going, that's going on. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, fortunately they have been playing the AFL, we've been really fortunate that that's, that's been going ahead. Have you boys been keeping up with the uh, footy siesta? Is that right, Steve? Or footy fiesta? Yeah, I've been loving it. I've been loving it. I heard that on the news today that there might be from rounds after this one um, that's just been announced that there might be another fiesta. Uh, so that should be good if they do it again. It's, it's been great weeknight viewing. I think it's been, yeah, it's been great. And, you know, just bought a new TV. And Steve, you told me during the week that uh, if I had Chromecast, I could stream straight from my laptop KO up onto the big screen. And yep. that that was a game changer. Oh, yeah. It was great. Being able to watch the Richmond, the Richmond-Brisbane game, uh, that was great. Yeah. So you've got um, KO built into your TV. That's even, that's next level. <laughs> <laughs> it's built that's right i just have to open the top of the tv and reach in and <laughs> the files are inside the tv that's right um I, dane with the sorry with the late night games dane are you finding that they are helping you um with a bit of entertainment while you're getting your 500 push-ups in a day <laughs> oh, it's What's a bit this? excessive 500 uh 300 i've been trying to knock Oof. out a day uh well, at least one fifty. I do. I do one, one, lots of one fifty. Well, that's not in, in, in one. one no, that's uh, in one set. Sets of sets of twenty five, and I get up to about one fifty. Uh, so, I'm just I'm just trying to keep to uh, one hundred and fifty a day. And if I do two lots of that, that's just a bonus. Is there still a chance you could be drafted for next year, Dane? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Highly likely. I got a call from the general manager at. Uh, Gold Coast, um, they're looking at, at, at building their midf- midfield um, and you know, <laughs> moving up to the, the sunny Sunshine Coast up there would be nice at this time. So, yeah, yeah, stay tuned. I might be playing in the next footy fiesta, fiesta, fiesta siesta. <laughs> I was watching the game last night and the, um, the female umpire um, that Andy thought uh, wasn't giving out good decisions just because you lost. Uh, just a bit salty, I think. Um, but big time. I I noticed that she had quite the tan on her. So I think there's been a few players that have been enjoying the Gold Coast uh, sunshine up there, and have all of them seem to to have lots of good tans. I'm sure you didn't notice the tan on uh, Razor Ray. You weren't no, looking as closely at his at him on the field. <laughs> no, no, I was definitely I definitely noticed her more. Um, but yeah. Fantastic! It's been it'd be lovely to be up on the Gold Coast right now. Well, I think this is a massive draw card for those uh, Queensland teams, Gold Coast and Brisbane, because mm. in re- uh, recent times, players haven't wanted to go up there, and when they have gone up, they've looked to come back to Melbourne. You know, you look at even Richmond; you've got Tom Lynch, Josh Caddy, and Dion Prestia that have all played at Gold Coast and then wanted to come back to Melbourne. 
So now they've had the opportunity to live up there for a few weeks, uh, play up there, experience the, the Queensland's winter. I reckon it's going to be a lot easier for them to attract players in the future. Totally. 100%. All right. Well, um, I think that brings us towards the, the end of our show for this week. Um, is there any, uh, any other notes or housekeeping that you boys wanted to broadcast? Yeah, I just need to clarify one thing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned in our cleaning episode that uh, I wash the dish, wash the, wash the pots and pans every two, every second night. <laughs> this, it's, and you gave me a grilling on this uh, during the week, still. Uh, it was because you asked not a grilling. No, you, you did ask me. Is tonight? It's it's tonight pot night, and I said <laughs> I wasn't I was, talking about the pan. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to clarify that I, I do do the pots and pans most nights. It's it. I occasionally don't do them if there's just one pan that we've just used for that night, and then you know that I might leave that till the following night just to save water, just to just to helping out the environment. That's great. Now, next week uh, we're gonna have a guest. Uh, this stage, oh. Ben. Uh, we'll be jumping oh. on board. We haven't let him know yet, oh. but I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll be <laughs> up for it. Say. He's got some exciting news with uh, moving, um, fatherhood, yep. and relocating yep. to to the surf coast. So I look yep. forward to speaking to Ben during the week, uh, get a bit of insight into his how he's feeling about the whole current situation. Uh, you, maybe you can have a chat with him, Stella, about running shoes. He's very very much into his running. <laughs> so absolutely, look forward to that next week. And uh, Steve, just want to let the listeners know where they can reach us. Layer the Land Pod on Instagram and Twitter and layerthelandpod at gmail.com if you've got any comments. Well, it's been an, a pleasure, boys, and thanks again, Steve, for the microphones. I look forward to yeah. hearing how this episode turns out. Uh, it'll, <laughs> I'm sure this will be heads and shoulders above last week's episode. Um, and, and, the first, and the first six or seven on directly into Zoom, which were... A bit shocking, but uh, look, we we got it. We, we we started we started low started low and just just heading for the sky now. Well, that's right. It's that this is an area that we're upskilling in at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. All right, take care, boys. Enjoy your ISO weekend. Um, don't go outside your five kilometer radius, and <laughs> no leaving the house for longer than an hour. No worries. <laughs> Good See show, you, boys. Guys. See you guys. See you guys. Bye.